Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Terrace Talk. It's been a whole week um, without a football match, which is uh, quite rare in this uh, in this current season. But Norwich travel to Hillsborough on Sunday, not on Saturday. So make sure you've uh, you've corrected yourselves. Sunday lunchtime, um, which I believe is Mother's Day, to take on Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we're going to be previewing that game in the next half an hour or so. So I'd like to be joined by Norwich Tran and YouTuber Megan, and also Dan Fudge from the Wednesday Week podcast. Um, Megan, let's let's start with you. Um, thank you very much for joining us first and, um, and foremost. How, how are you doing? Um, uh, you've probably got the, the luxury. Your hair looks a bit better than mine does at the moment, given uh, given hairdressers are closed. But how, how are you finding watching football behind closed doors? Because for, for fans, it's quite a surreal experience. Yeah, it is definitely strange. I mean, um, I was lucky to go to quite a few games the two seasons before. And so it definitely, it's gotten to the point now where every time we're watching a game, I say, oh, I can't wait to be back there in person, like every single time. But um, I think at least a benefit of it is that I can watch every game still. Do you know what I mean? Although it's online, um, at least I can watch every game. But I do definitely miss being there in person now. It's reached that point where I'm ready to go back. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think they're they're ready to have you back. Believe you me, it's uh, it's certainly not been the same. Dan, I guess um, we were kind of joking off air that maybe it's it's you're you're not looking as forward to going back given Sheffield Wednesday's current form. No, I've uh, I've completely given up on football, but I'm just going to make a quick note that it's Mother's Day on Sunday. Uh, you know, just forgot all about that. Yeah, uh, you know, I've got other things to worry about. You know, I've uh, managed to you know pattern up my sock collection. Uh, you know, wipe down a few surfaces that need a wipe in. Uh, you know, just that type of thing. I've just been catching up on some house things. I think, uh, you know, football for me has not been great this season. Well, I was going to say last time we we had you on, I think Tony Pulis had either just been appointed or wasn't long into his um, what was it ten ten game or well ten days it seemed like rain, uh, and you were pretty scathing about that. How are you feeling about life now? Obviously, you're what third permanent manager of the season. Darren Moore has has just come in. Are you, are you feeling even though the league position doesn't suggest maybe being the most optimistic? Are you feeling quite optimistic about the future for Sheffield Wednesday now? Darren Moore is in charge. That's a that's a hell of a question, but you know the. Uh... The video we did on this show about Tony Pulis was interesting because I, I think I got a lot more engagement on, on the back of that because everybody has that blind support for their manager, don't they? Because they support the support the club, not the regime and all the rest of it. And I was very vocal in the fact that I was absolutely devastated that we brought, in, brought on board Tony Pulis. Um, you know, he lasted 10 games, rubbish, kicked the ball long, kicked it over Barry Bannon's head. And I think you'll find if you watch it back, that's exactly what I said was going to happen. Um, and then, and then we, and then, you know, we had Neil Thompson who, who got a couple of wins and we all went, yay. And then we lost seven on the bounce or six on the bounce under him after, after that. And so we thought, right, we need a leader, we need a manager. And on paper, you know, Darren Moore, an investor in people, you know, shares his, um, shares his manager of the month trophies with the tea staff and, and everybody that works at the club. Great. Amazing. You know, he's going to, he's going to be brilliant. And then his opening game was against Rotherham, a fellow struggler in the league. And we lost in the 97th minute. So that's fun, isn't it? You know what I mean? We weren't, we, we, you know, we weren't going to get much from Reading, but I must admit, I did feel that the players were resigned to, to coin a phrase, I'm afraid. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any drive or any bounce. What I thought I was going to get with Darren Moore. And and I also feel that Darren Moore as an appointment itself, once you've come down from the euphoria of going, oh, we've just stolen our local neighbour's manager, ha, 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 
it's kind of preparation for League One, isn't it? You know what I mean? We 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 didn't go out. We didn't we didn't batter the door down on Nigel Pearson. We didn't get Mick McCarthy. We didn't get Paul Cook. We've gone. Who's cheap? And and I feel that that was the best cheap option. I'm afraid. Interesting, interesting stuff. Um, Megan, obviously things for, for Norwich uh, are a lot more positive. They're, they're what, 10 points clear at the top of the championship as as we record. Um, it's it's all looking fairly rosy. How, how are you feeling at, at the moment? Because there's a, there's a part of me, having followed Norwich for so long, that thinks this is all quite disconcerting. There's going to be a moment where there's a little bit of a blip or a little bit of a run maybe that's that's slightly damaging. It, it all seems to be fairly plain sailing. It are you kind of nervous, I guess, or, or um, anticipating the, the final 11 games, there may be a little bit of a, a bump in the road somewhere? I suppose a little bit, but I think I think I was definitely feeling like that before the last game. But then I think something about that win has just filled me with like this <laughs> sense of security. It could be a full sense of security. I don't know. But I think... It's just nice to see everyone getting so excited, you know, talking about, oh, maybe we're going to get 100 points. <laughs> um, you know, so I think you just got to enjoy it. And if there is a little blip, I think we'll still be OK. Um, so I feel pretty confident now. And I, th- yeah, I think you just got to enjoy it. But maybe I am in a bit of a full sense of security and I will be shocked at some point. <laughs> but at the moment, I don't know. I think we're going to be OK. I think we're going to be OK. Is is that cushion the thing that that gives you that security? Because it's it's ten points. It kind of feels like Norwich, if they needed to, could lose a couple of games and still be in a fairly healthy position in terms of the promotion race. Yeah, I think it's definitely that. I think, and also now that um, I think Swansea now have only got one game in hand now, haven't they as well? And so that has made me feel a bit more confident. So I, it's definitely that cushion makes me think we're gonna be fine even if there's a little blip it'll be okay I mean we can't have a big blip but I just can't see that happening with how we've played throughout the season with the players we've got with the results that we've been seeing recently I just I think we're gonna be okay there you go famous last words (laughs) I'm glad glad you feel but no you're right it it does feel like it's it's reached a stage where um it, it does kind of feel like it's a matter of when not if I think we we can say that um Dan, for you, in terms of, of Wednesday, obviously the, the mood is quite different. I'm putting on my very serious face when I talk about Wednesday because it's obviously yeah. <laughs> it's obviously not as smiley. Um, but but what do Wednesday need to do to get out of the the mess that they're in at the moment? Um, it's it's obviously looking pretty precarious, sitting second from bottom behind Wickham. What do what do Wednesday need to do to get themselves out of danger? Uh, win some football matches. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's fairly that simple, you know. We, we have a lot of the players that finished, you know, mid table last year. We know that uh, we should, you know, by all intents and purposes, we should have got better given our recruitment. But our recruitment's been poor. You know what I mean? We've we've not got anybody that that's been any good. And the um, the players that we're bringing through the academy uh, seem to want to. You know, we had Liam Shaw come in, and now Celtic have gone. He's mint, so they've taken him. Uh, he's going to go at the end of the season. Um, it, it's a, it's an attitude issue. But, you know, you can tell the players on the pitch have got no real drive, no determination, no desire to win because they want that move. You know what I mean? Now, if there was a, a 50-50 opportunity, you're going to go, I don't fancy that because you might be injured and you might miss out on that big move next season when we get relegated to League One. Um, in terms of Norwich, it was interesting what you were saying, Megan. Uh, about, you know, will, will we be okay and all, and all the rest of it. Now, 
I've been saying for years that the best way to solidify Premier League survival, if you go up, is to go down and go back up again. And I know that sounds mental, but look at what, I mean, Delia got you up two years ago. You came straight back down and then now you've got the parachute payments and then you're going to go back up with the money that comes with the the, the TV deals. You know, I, I think that will set you up for stability to stay up there next year. It, and I know that sounds insane. You know, the best way to go is to get relegated and come back up. But it's always difficult to uh, get your house in order to prepare a club for relegation to the championship and then go back up, straight back up again. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I've, I've just given up on football. I, you know, I'm going to take up juggling. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that you you treated uh, my question with the, the contempt it deserved. I probably walked straight into that one, uh, Megan. Uh, I'll give you the chance to respond to that in terms of what Dan has said there about Norwich being in a stronger p- position should they um, achieve promotion. Daniel Farke has spoken quite a lot about having uh, a better defence, and that's certainly been the case. I mean, only Watford have conceded fewer goals than Norwich, and Norwich have conceded 25, which is which is pretty staggering in the matches they've played. Is is that been for you a, a key reason as to why? this success maybe feels a little bit different than, than the success they had two years ago. Yeah, I think for me, the, the when you see like the graphs of how many less goals we've let in so far this season, I think that makes me feel a lot more assured because I think that was our biggest problem last season coming into the Premier League was that we still weren't solid in that. We wanted to like go full out um, attacking, but then I feel like when you're going to the Premier League, there does have to be a greater focus on defence. And I think we're also just going to have learned from all, like, all the mistakes we made when we went into the Premier League. Like, I think our recruitment will be a lot better because we'll know what we need to add to this team, which hasn't changed too much. Um, and I think what we've, the recruitment we've done this season has been really good as well. So I think we'll just have learned from a lot of the mistakes that we made before and hopefully won't make them again. Um, so I, yeah, I feel, I, I mean, the Premier League, surviving the Premier League is a whole nother step about me talking about feeling confident about that. I'm saying I'm confident that I think we're going to be promoted, but talking about being confident about <laughs> staying in the Premier League, is, a, is that's a leap I'm not willing to make yet. But I definitely feel a lot more comfortable about it. Um, seeing what we've learned and the the changes that we've made. Mm, well, you know, you're a Norwich fan. You've seen promotion a, a few times, <laughs> haven't you? I think to to be overly excited by it at this point, um, Dan. In in terms of, of of this weekend, it's difficult because obviously you've got a, a finite amount of games to get yourselves out of danger. But is is there an element as a Wednesday fan? And, and I've heard this a lot. Obviously, we uh, Norwich played Wickham, uh, and we did the show of a Wickham fan a couple of weeks ago, and he described it as kind of a free hit for them. Is that how you see this Norwich game, or? Because it feels like it's obviously going to be difficult for you guys, but equally you've only got a limited amount of games to get the points you need to stay up. So it's it's big, but equally it's going to be a, a, a massive challenge. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, football's di- football's difficult, isn't it? You know what I mean. So, for example, we we've been calling ourselves Charity FC the last five or six games. Anybody who's on a huge losing streak, not scored away in seventeen games, enter Sheffield Wednesday. Whack! Here we go. Yeah, here you are. Points for you, points for you, points for everybody. However, having said that, football's a curious madame. You know what I mean? If we knew how um, football was going to play out, we'd all be millionaires every week. So, for example, there is a 80% opportunity you're going to stick five pastors and we're going to limp into League One. But there's also that nagging doubt where we could head a corner in and then just shot kick for the uh, for the remainder of the entire game, you know what I mean. That's how that's how football works. There's always that little nagging doubt. I mean, Megan was saying it earlier on. You know, you're you're 
streaks ahead of the uh, streaks ahead of the league. You know, the um, your closest competitor in Swansea has, has had a you know a recent blip in the last four or five games, and uh, but you're still sat there thinking we could still mess this up. And it's interesting, isn't it, how, how football can get you like that? But I'll not lie, like I said, that that thing I had the pin in the eighty percent, um, that's quite a big thing that the pin's in. Do you know what I mean? It's still eighty percent, and uh, I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna leave that one there and, and 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 hope hope it's not too embarrassing of a result because you know Norwich and Sheffield Wednesday over recent years have had some big old ding dong high scoring battles. It's definitely one for the coupons for over two point five goals. It definitely is. And I was going to say, actually, I remember a few years ago when, when Alex Neal went to Hillsborough and lost by, I think it was 5-1. There was obviously that game at the end of the season where James Madison limped off and came out on crutches waving goodbye to the Norwich fans. And that was um, a, a pretty big win in, in Wednesday's favour as well. So in terms of certainly recent history, it feels like, albeit the result two years ago, I think it was 4-1 to Norwich, which again, high scoring or 4-0 rather it might have been even. It, it does feel like the luck has kind of been on Sheffield Wednesday's side at Hillsborough. It doesn't feel like a particularly happy hunting ground for Norwich in recent years. No, not really. Not really. Um, it, it, it's it's always some great games. I mean, we remember it well for that. Um, you had a last minute um, free kick, that, that same game that Forestieri scored that 35-year-old yeah, you know, it goes back five yards every time it gets spoken about. So, uh, you know, it was 25 yards the the other week, and then I brought it up earlier on this week, and that was 30. So it's now 35 yards. Uh, he's in Suffolk, wasn't he, when he struck yeah, it? Now? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was playing away at Ipswich, and it went to the top bins at uh, Carroll Road. Like that. that's that's what it was. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, you know, it, it, we've had some great great battles, and and that's why I enjoy doing this show because there's some there's some great games to look back on. Yeah, there really is. Megan, in terms of where Norwich are at the moment, it's it, it, I often say it's it's more dangerous playing teams that sit at the bottom of the division because they have something to fight for maybe than teams who are kind of middle of the road. And there's that football cliche, isn't there, of teams being on the beach? Well, this weekend, they're certainly playing a side that has everything to play for. So there's there's a lot of challenge that comes with that, I think. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I think when a club is like fighting for something and also like the fear of relegation, like... You really, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe teams didn't see that from us last season towards the end. It didn't really feel like that. But when you face other teams who are facing relegation, it, um, it's scary because they're going to come fighting for something um, rather than, like you said, like a middle of the road team. I don't find that, like, always very intimidating. But um, I remember when we had, like, the Wiccan game, I was scared for that because I thought they're going to, like, come for it. They're going to, like, come fighting. So... Um, yeah, these kind of games are always exciting because I think anything could happen. Uh, absolutely, it's it's kind of interesting, isn't it? League positions uh, don't really mean anything when that when that first whistle is is kicked. It's um it's always fascinating to see how these games go. Um, Megan, it, we've, we've got to be. I've kind of letting Norwich fans have a, a we'll call it like a, a minute period where they just talk about Emmy Buendia because it, it feels <laughs> like he, he's that sort of player that you just kind of open the floor and people kind of. Um, uh, of really, really love speaking about him. So I'm going to do the same to you, and I'm just going to say Emi Buendia and, and let you uh, and, and let you speak for however long you wish. Don't make it too long though, because we're trying to keep this within a half an hour time frame. Don't worry, I'll, I'll contain myself. <laughs> um, but he's just so fun to watch, isn't he? Like he's just like he's so good. I, in my opinion, he's easily the best player in the championship. Like I just love him. I think he does. He, he'll show some skill that makes you gasp like you're not there you're watching it on your laptop but it will make you gasp what he does and 
you know, he, as we know, he's so um, integral to the way we play and like the flexibility he gives us and how creative he is. Um, and, you know, him him reaching double figures now and goals and assists, I think that just shows, I mean, we know how important he is, but like, I think that's evidence for everyone to see how central he is to how we play. And I never want him to leave, but he will. <laughs> so I think we just got to um, enjoy watching him while he's here because like I said, he is a joy to watch and how him and Pookie work together as well. I love, I feel like that's in the past couple games been so important and really highlighted how well they work together. And yeah, I just, I just love him. I'll contain myself there. I don't want to go on too long, but uh, he's amazing. <laughs> Good. There you go. That's uh, that's this week's um, minute of uh, ode to Bueni, Emmy Buendia for a minute. Uh, of course, if you if you want to sponsor this part of the show that I've just created, then uh, then get in touch. We'll, uh, we'll more than uh, welcome have you, um, Dan. You, you've just heard Emmy Buendia there. I mean, uh, it's amazing how many times this season. I don't know how many of these we've recorded so far, but um, opposition fans come on and. They, you can almost kind of see them talking themselves out of, of predicting their team into a positive result because um, we have a Norwich fan on every week and they'll mention Buendia, they'll mention Pookie, they'll mention Campwell, they'll mention Ollie Skip and you can just kind of see the opposition fans' face drop a little bit. Um, does it does it kind of set in how difficult a task this is for Sheffield Wednesday when, when Norwich comes to town? Not just for Wednesday, but I guess for every other team in the Championship. Well, yeah, given your league position, I think it'd be naive not to. Do you know what I mean? If, if you underestimate the opponent, you're going to get your backside handed to you. And I'm sure Darren Moore's saying the same to the uh, to the players on Saturday morning. Um, but like I said, there's, all, there's always that little niggling doubt where you might you might just have the off day. And I think that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm hoping on. You know what I mean? That's the uh, that's what I'm sweating on. One of those, you know, you know, remember when Brighton beat Liverpool? I'm waiting on that result. That's that, that's what I'm looking. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, well, they, you, you never know. Like, like you say, football is is unpredictable. Um, I, I'm not doing this to, to dampen your spirits, but just to read um, some of Sheffield Wednesday's recent results: three 0 loss to Brentford, three two defeat to to Luton. And, and by the way, there were, there were, Norwich played Luton last week, and there were some um, Luton representatives in the press box who described Sheffield Wednesday as easily the worst team in the Championship. Uh, it's not for me to comment, but I'm, I'm just I'm the messenger. Um, there's obviously that two one defeat to Rotherham that you mentioned, and then a three nil defeat to Rotherham. So. It's looking quite gloomy, isn't it? I think even even externally, how how do you guys turn this this form around? What is it? Is it goals? Is it? I, I guess it's both ends of the pitch. But if there's if there's one area that Darren Moore needs to focus on in the next what eleven games or so, what what does it need to be in terms of improvement? Uh, you know, I, <laughs> this is going to sound really cop out, but fitness is a huge issue. Our uh, centre backs, our, our defence is made of biscuits. Um, they're, they're, they just seem to be falling apart. We've we've lost players like Dominic Iorfa, and we're relying on players like Julian Berner, who was an interesting one because he started and, and we loved him. He was classy. He was playing it out from the back. We were like, "Who's this guy? Where have we got this guy from?" And then he just went to Bobbins. That that moment where we were third at Christmas, then lost to Stoke on Boxing Day last season. That was the change in Sheffield Wednesday. That that was where we 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 were third. And then we limped into 16th or 17th by the end of the season. We we didn't win in 18. Gary Monk somehow still kept his job by the end of the season. And then we've been an absolute circus this season ever since. In terms of scoring goals and the uh, the areas of the pitch where we need to improve, there was a point where we didn't struggle scoring goals. You know, uh, I think Josh Windass uh, is capable of get, getting one or two uh, in any game. 
and Callum Patterson is just an absolute six foot three telegraph pole who will batter his way through anybody. Um, so we have to set up to that. Uh, the issue for me that I don't think we've got sorted is um, is is the centre midfield. We don't know what to do with Barry Bannon. We're not using him correctly. And no manager seems to want to put him behind the striker to put him in an attacking role. And then we sit him with a defensive midfielder and they both sit too deep. So what we'll end up with is this huge gap between midfield and a lone striker with two guys on the outside playing a 4-3-2-1 wide. And, it, and, it, and it's just not working, but everybody seems to want to play the same formation because that's the trendy way of doing it. You know what I mean? If, if, if it were me... Stick four at the back, three in midfield, and just stick everybody else up front. And let's see what happens. Yeah, you, you've got to, you've got to give opposition something to think about, haven't you? I guess. I mean, certainly externally, I, I look at the last last few manage, managers that Wednesday have had: Pulis, Carver, How, Bruce Monk, um, Moore as well. You look at that list, and there, there's not a lot of similarities between them in terms of stylistically. It kind of feels like the club is lurching from one direction to another. I'm trying to phrase this question the best I can, but but do you feel like the, the owner knows which direction he really wants to take the club? He's obviously, I know he likes to go on record and, and state how much money he's put in the club, but as, as a fan, are you quite worried about the future in terms of the way that there's not really this clear plan or style in terms of what you guys are doing on the pitch? We've just opened the uh, SWFC Supporters Trust. Uh, this is a an, an, an initiative set up by the chairman to uh, to try and engage with the fans. And uh, luckily, one of one of my podcast compatriots is part of this group of people. There's about 16 people that go and have a direct dialogue with the chairman. And, uh, you know, a bit of an exclusive for you, this actually. There is a uh, there is going to be a point where we're going to be start talking about um, the money ball, you know, the, the, the statistics side of it. So, for example, Brentford have done that really well. They've managed to replace one very good striker with somebody else who's also scoring goals because they've worked on stats like expected goals, for example, which is always the the best one to talk about. So I believe in terms of strategy, that's where we're going to go. However, what you were saying about change, you know, changing manager and changing styles, we haven't bought any new players. So what we've got, every new manager that comes in is very much a team of square pegs and every manager turns up with their own board of, white, of round holes going, right, you're going to fit into this. And most notably for that was Tony Pulis. You know, like like I said to you back in December, we've got Barry Bannon stood in the middle of the park, our most technically gifted football that we've got going, hmm. that's incredible. Look at that. Look how high he's kicked that. And, and it's just not football. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I Personally, I am concerned for, for Wednesday, I'll be completely honest. Uh, Megan, given what Dan has said there and, and, and kind of what we've spoken about over the last couple of, of questions or so, does it make you pleased the way Norwich City are running at the moment in terms of they do have that sporting director, head coach model, recruitment-wise, bar that season in the Premier League you mentioned, has on the whole been pretty positive. So there's a lot of things to like about the way Norwich run their club, I guess, from a supporting perspective. Yeah, I think you just like summed it up perfectly. I, I really love the way that it's run. I think, I mean, I'm only a fairly recent fan of Norwich, like only maybe the past like four years. And part of what I, I loved about the club when I first came into it was the way that it was run um, and just like the atmosphere of the club, like from the top down. And so definitely hearing Dan talking made me feel a lot more grateful. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. <laughs> but um, for how it's run and and I think we're very lucky as a club um, for how it's structured and, and everything. So, yeah, I think you summed it up perfectly. But, um, 
yeah, it, it makes me feel a lot luckier. <laughs> I, I guess the the best example that that usually gets referenced in terms of Norwich City is, is obviously Timu Puki. There's a man that yeah. they signed on a free transfer, and his goals against Luton now mean he scored twenty for the season, which is the figure, isn't it? When clubs say, "What do you want in the summer? I want a twenty goal a season striker." Well, Norwich have got mm-hmm. one in terms of Timu Puki. In terms of value for money and everything that Dan spoke about there, in terms of using statistics, he's been he's been absolutely exceptional. Now 14th on the all-time goal-scoring list for the club, which is some achievement in terms of what two and a half years that he's been here. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And when you think like even people like Kenny McLean as well, like that was great business. Like I think he was only oh I'm going to make a mistake here. 200k, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you're about yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I think with so many of so much of our team, you can see that value for money. I mean, obviously, Timmy Picky is like the extreme example because he was free, and that is absolutely bonkers that we got him for free. And then we've had, you know, the, the amount of goals from him that we have. And like, he's still on form. Like, I think he's on such good form right now at the moment. And also, when you watch him at the moment, there's always like, it's crazy that he's scoring goals at the at the rate he is, but there's also like there's a few that he like he misses like a big chance every game. You're like, oh my god, you were so close to scoring that! Like he could have done it. Like he's close. He could be scoring even more goals than he is at the moment, and he's doing well as it is. So um, yeah, I think like he I think he is the one that's always mentioned. But I think so much of our team is evidence of like good um, recruitment at, at good prices and. Yeah, and also like how how many players we have come up through the academy as well, I think is amazing and how we buy players in and they're maybe in the academy for a year and then break through and stuff like that. I think that's all evidence of how well it's run. Mm, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the good thing about Timmy Buki now is that he's also moved into the category of the best goal that I've that wasn't scored that I've seen, which was last weekend when he flipped that ball over his head. And I mean, that would have been uh, up for the Puskas Award, I think, if 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 that would have gone in. Um, Dan, I, I don't want this to act like a counselling session, but in terms of what <laughs> Megan has said there, and and also when you think about. Barnsley and obviously what they're doing at the moment and you know without being disrespectful to Barnsley Sheffield Wednesday are a much bigger club in terms of history and uh, and support and fan base as well I guess you could also throw in what Huddersfield did a few years ago you could even throw in what Norwich are doing now there are there are probably smaller clubs making more of a success of life in championship than, than Sheffield Wednesday at the moment as a as a supporter is, is that kind of the frustration for you? Uh, I, I think the biggest frustration that all Sheffield Wednesday fans will have, and if, if you ask them, they'll tell you, is the fact that we've turned up. We've turned up in our numbers. We've put our money into the club. We've 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 turned up at away games. We've been buying the tat, the overpriced tat from the shop. You know, I was telling you off air about that we were the last club to uh, to, get, to get our shirts on sale in uh, in March. You know, we, we we've done our bit, and for now north of two decades. We've now not played at the very top level, having paid our 10-year season tickets that people were buying for four and a half k or or the uh, yeah that that actually happened. Uh, and then we got a free year in the Premier League if we got there, and that's not going to happen. Uh, you know, we I think we're fed up of we're doing our bit, we're doing our bit, we're 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 putting our graft in, and we are not getting repaid. And, and, you know, every manager that comes in says Sheffield Wednesday is a massive club. It's a sleeping giant to, to the point where we nickname ourselves the massive on social media um, because it's become a standing gag. And, and I must admit that that's where we're fed up. That, that's where we're annoyed at, at the at getting nothing back on the pitch because we've done we've put our hours in, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing with clubs that are referred to as sleeping giants, isn't it? Every manager that walks through the door think they're the one that is going to sweep away all the troubles and, and turn it around. And I can certainly reference a few. Sunderland, um, Villa were, were at this level, obviously, for a while. Sheffield United, we could we could list a, a few others. Maybe not Ipswich Town, though. I'm not sure um, people will be thankful if I, if I list them as a giant. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll ask you that, that question that I'm sure you've been asked a, a few times if you've done any more previews for, for Norwich, um, which is... Do you think you you have enough to stay up? Do you think you will stay up? If you'd have, uh, you know, when you when we spoke back in December, I was very much, of course, we'll stay up. We'll be fine. It's just a six point deficit that we've got now. Uh, we'll be okay. But the worst thing is, as time's gone on, especially those last six games that we've just lost, the six point deficit is irrelevant. We are now in relegation by seven or eight points now. So six points don't matter. So, and all of a sudden, that six point, those two wins that we need to get are all of a sudden so far in the distance that they're concerning. So, and I think, it, especially losing to Rotherham, I'm keeping a close eye on you, teams like Coventry, Birmingham, and uh, Huddersfield. Uh, but they seem to have picked up points as well. So now I'm genuinely concerned about relegation. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how things go in, in the weeks ahead. Um, Megan, let's let's turn our attentions to Sunday then. For Norwich, how do you see this game going? As we've kind of spoken about over the last half an hour or so, a very different perhaps proposition to um, even Luton, who are uh, kind of what we spoke about earlier in terms of their mid-table. They're fairly comfortable. Brentford, which was obviously a massive game. This is a very different prospect for Norwich. How do you see them going about it? To be honest, I can't see us changing much going into it in terms of who's playing. Maybe, I guess, the number 10 position is the position that is most um, debated, I guess. But I think typically what I've seen from Norwich is us going into every game just with the way that we like to play football and not really changing much and just adapting to the game as it goes on. Like I thought, for example, the Luton game, we were a bit it was a bit wobbly the first like 10-15 minutes but as soon as we got a goal we were just comfortable like it was fine so I think I can't see us um doing much to change anything before the game in terms of um the way we're gonna we're planning to play all the personnel and I think we'll just adapt to the game as it goes on mm, go on there go on there Megan give us your, your school prediction how do you see this one going oh um oh that's hard okay I'm gonna say Two nil. Norwich, presumably. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I think we're gonna lose two 0 No. Oh, I think we'll win two 0 I think. Yeah. I'm gonna go for that. There you go. I was I was gonna say there's there's not been many Norwich fans that have come on and predicted defeats this season. Dan, how do you see this game going from a Wednesday perspective? And then of course I'll ask you the same question in terms of score prediction. It's a heart versus head situation, isn't it? So I, th I think the best we can hope for is a draw, just to stop the rot. I'd, I'd really enjoy on Sunday a nil-nil rubbish game. I really would. I would absolutely snap your hand off for that right now. So, uh, yeah, the best I can hope for is nil-nil, but I think you're going to turn up and we're going to get done about 3-0. Oh, there you go. Well, as, as we spoke about earlier, they're, they're often high-scoring games, aren't they, between the, between the pair? So uh, it, it will be it will be a good watch. There we go. I've teed it up for a nil-nil for you now, Dan. So that's uh, that's an absolute certainty. Guys, thank you very much for joining me. Really enjoyed that. Uh, of course, pinkin.com, the place to go. My colleagues will be at Hillsborough on Sunday. Uh, you can you can follow all the action on our website. Of course, it's uh, on TV as well, this one, um, which, which may be a good thing for Norwich or a bad thing or a good thing for Wednesday or a bad thing. We shall see as the nation watches on. Thank you very much much for watching. I hope you're all keeping safe and we'll see you again very, very soon.